All right, guys. So let's let's settle down some. We need you to sing this song with us. Listen up. Listen up. God of creation, there at the start before the beginning of time. With no point of reference, he spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of life. And as you Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time? If Jesus was to make his appearance for his church tonight, you got one more opportunity to sharpen up some of the things about you, get ready for him. So when he says it's time, when that trumpet sounds, you'll say, oh, God. I took advantage of that moment, that one last moment I had to get my heart right, to get my mind right, to get my spirit right. And if you decide to come tonight, I'm ready. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to be with every one of you. Amen. God's got some great things in store for us. And we just need to look to him, keep our eyes on him, open our heart to him. And let him guide us, speak to us, direct us in every way so we can just be who we ought to be in Christ Jesus. So it's good to be in the house of the Lord. I greet you all in the wonderful name of Jesus. To our online congregation, I greet you. I am so glad to be with each and every one of you. Amen. We got to be grateful and enjoy being around each other. That's a tough one. Because I know sometimes people drive you crazy. But I know one thing. If you plan to go to heaven, you're going to have to deal with me for everlasting. If you plan to go to heaven, because I'm going. And so if you plan to go, you're going to have to deal with me for everlasting. You're going to see me just where there's no ending of time. So if I get on your nerves, you know, and you know what we always think? We think it won't happen because we figure... When we get to heaven, our mansions will be so big that we don't have to be around each other. And I know some people counting on that, that my mansion is so big in heaven that I won't have, my neighbor will be miles away from me. (laughs) I won't have to worry about my neighbor because they will be so far away from me. But I don't think that, that, that really works, you know, because of just who we are supposed to be as children of God. So if that's the mindset, I don't think we're going to be neighbors. <laughs> oh, God help us. I don't think we're going to be neighbors if we can't stand one another. We just don't like to be here. I don't think we're going to be neighbors. We're going to be so far apart that they're going to be a brother, uh, uh, brother, brother Sharp, a great golf fix. That's how far we'll be apart. It won't be neighbors. 
if we don't like each other. It will be a gulf fix between us and whichever one is in the, you know, the upper and the lower. I can't tell, but I'm just saying. Let's stand and we're going to go for the Lord's Prayer. I don't know if you catch all of that, but I know what I'm saying. I know I might sound crazy sometimes, but I know what I'm saying. It's a great gulf fix. That's what the Word of God said. Did you know the Word of God said that? There's a great gulf fix between heaven and hell. So when that time come where one is in heaven and one is in hell, there is no way they can connect again. It's impossible. That's why the Bible said there's a great gulf fix. So wherever you go permanently, you can't change that destination. It's done. It's over. So I want you to be neighbors with me, but it's all up to us if we're going to be neighbors with one another. Amen. It's, it's interesting. Woo, it's interesting how the scriptures say that we ought to love our neighbor. I'm not, I, I tell you all the time, every time the Lord give you this little insight, I just shake my finger and say, you are so, just, he's just so good. You know, he said, love your neighbor as yourself. And so if you can't do that down here, then you won't have no neighbor up there. It just won't be up there because <laughs> we're going to all be neighbors up there. Oh, God, help us. How about we go before the Lord in prayer tonight and just ask him to have his way, touch our hearts and speak to us and just have his way in our Bible study tonight that we can leave this place better off. Than when we came in. That's the goal. We want to leave here better off than when we first came in. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus in heaven, we adore you. We're grateful and thankful for all of your goodness, your mercy, your kindness. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Lord, I'm always struggling with knowing that I may take you for granted oftentimes. And Lord, it's not my intention that I take you for granted. For, Lord, it is not right or good for any one of us to take you, Lord God, for granted. Forgive me, Lord God, for taking you for granted at time. Forgive me, Lord, for just neglecting, oh God, to look to you for guidance and direction, Lord. Forgive me, Lord God, for not trusting you in all my ways, almighty God. Forgive me, almighty God, for not carrying out, Lord God, your instructions as I often forget to do or not do. Will you have mercy, O oh God, and cleanse my heart, Lord God. Scrub my soul from all iniquities, from all unrighteousness, from all that is evil and ungodly, Lord. I want a pure heart. I want a clean soul, almighty God, for my destiny is in you and Heaven shall be my home. I ask you tonight to have your way in our hearts individually and in this house and with our congregation online. Have your way with us collectively, Lord God, that every one of us can leave here, leave this service tonight better off than how we came in. But Lord, that can only be done if you intervene. That can only be done if you do something miraculous. What we will do is humble ourselves. What we will do is submit our will. What we will do is open our heart. What we will do is worship and adore and praise you. What we will do, Lord God, 
is trust you. And we know you will do what is good for us, Lord God. What is best for us. And I pray tonight you have your way in our thoughts, in our heart. That the Holy Ghost, oh God, will work in us and through us. Use me, Lord, as your conduit. Use me, Lord, to speak as your oracle. Oh God, I pray tonight that the gifts of the Spirit will be in operation and that we will hear what the Spirit is saying unto us tonight. I pray, oh God, that change will come to us and that the Word of God can be applied to our life, that we will apply your Word like we need to, to walk by faith, to walk in righteousness, to walk according to your will and your purpose. Have your way tonight, sweet Jesus. We lift our hands, our heart, our voices to you to say, have your way. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Oh God, we want you, oh God, to be exalted in this place, in our lives, oh God. And will you speak to us? We love you, Jesus. We praise your name. I pray that somebody tonight will repent of their sins. Call on your name and give their life to you. I pray that somebody will be saved, oh God, that they will make the declaration to obey the plan of salvation. Baptize somebody with your spirit, oh God, whosoever will, let your will be done in their life. I thank and praise you tonight. I honor you and I bless your name for the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. There is none like you from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. The name of the Lord is to be praised. I will bless the Lord at all times. Your praise shall continually be in my mouth. For Lord, you are great and greatly to be praised. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. There is none like you. There is none like you. Will you move on us tonight? Will you move in our homes? Will you move in our lives? Will you move in our communities? Oh, God, that you will show yourself great and worthy of all the praise among men, Lord God. Will you show yourself? Will you reveal yourself to us like never before? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Oh, blessed be your name. Somebody say in Jesus' name and thank him one more time. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you for praying along with us. You may be seated. We've been in our series talking about for the past couple of weeks about where am I at here? Transforming your community and I 
wanted to point out quickly, which I did when we started this series, that your community is wherever God places you. Your community is wherever God places you. So if you're where God wants you to be, that is your community. And God has equipped you for you to influence that community in such a way that you can change that community. You can change the surroundings and change the mood and change the atmosphere because God has equipped you to do that. We're going to continue in the book of Daniel as we've been teaching regarding this series. We're going to go in the book of Daniel again, and we want you to turn with us to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, we'll read verse 17 and 18. We're probably going to go through some familiar passages of scriptures tonight. However, I hope that God will bring to you, to your heart and your mind, some things that you probably uh, didn't pick up when you may have read this passage of scripture in the past. And so we pray and ask that God will help us tonight and show us some things in the word of God that we might not have seen previously. So Daniel chapter 3, verse number 17, the word of God says, If it be so, our God whom we serve is able, somebody say able, to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand. O king, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou has set up. And so I want to talk to you tonight on this topic as we continue in our series of transforming our community. I want to talk to you on this specific topic tonight. Standing strong. Standing strong. We live in a world that is hostile toward our faith in Jesus Christ. We must stand strong. We must stand strong in agreement with the word of God and his plan, even when we stand alone. We need to stand strong in agreement with God's word. And with God's plan, even when we do so alone. Let's look at the faith of these three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let's look at their faith and see what we can learn and gain from their way of being. These three men of faith face the possibility of death for refusal to renounce their allegiance to the true God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not serve Nebuchadnezzar's God or worship the golden image he had erected. This Babylonian king threatened to burn them alive, but their response revealed courageous faith and just for a moment i i i I know this for sure and hopefully i can get into this the lord will help me to get into the emotion of people not to manipulate 
but so you can really get what God is saying. Because a lot of times, if what's being talked about doesn't connect with you emotionally, you dismiss it. And unfortunately, whether God's word connect with us emotionally or not, it is still right. It can't be wrong. It is true. But I know that when it when it begins to pull on your emotions, somehow it gets your attention. This is why Jesus was the greatest teacher. Because if you go and you look at Jesus teaching, he made sure he talked about stuff that pulled at your heartstrings, things that were near and dear to you, whether it should be or not. He made sure he touched it. Remember, I teased the other day and say, I know why people don't want to live for God, because when you live for God, he gets all in your business because for God, it's all or nothing. If you decide you're going to live for Christ, he's going to get all in your business with everything. And we we made the example of the woman at the well, how he began to get all in her business. We made the example about Zacchaeus and how he got all in his business. So you can't live for God without him getting all up in your business. And unfortunately, people want to live for God without God getting all in your business. Well, the two don't go. Because guess what? You got to live with him here on earth and you got to live with him there in heaven. And so the bottom line is you can't get that close to nobody and they not be all up in your business. But unfortunately, we want to live for Christ without him being all in our business. Well, preacher, I don't know about all that. And all of that is not necessary. And I don't know about all that, preacher. Well, the bottom line is if you really want a bona fide relationship with Jesus Christ, it ain't about you don't know. It's going to be, will you allow him to be all in your business? And will you allow him to tell you when you're not right? That's the only way it's going to work. Uh-huh. And so... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they, they would not bow down to this idol God. And so to us today, we probably cannot imagine ourselves bowing down to some idol, some statue. And so uh, we might have a disconnect immediately when we read that part of the scripture because we know that we don't go up to any idol statue and bow down and we're not having anybody forcing us to bow down to any idol statue. But because God's word is for back then, for now, and for the years to come, it's, it's good for all times. We need to look at it from the standpoint of the things that we're dealing with in our generation now, what will we today consider our gods? What are we considering today? Okay, we're not someplace way back then where we're worshiping idol or the people around us are worshiping idol. But the, the, the question is, what are the gods that we're bowing down to and we don't want to admit to it? The good news was for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that they, they, they knew what they were up against. And unfortunately for us, I don't know if we just don't know because we're ignorant or we just refuse to accept that we're up against some things and we need to do what we have to do to deal with what we're up against. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so today, what will we consider our gods? What are our gods today? Mm -hmm. 
a whole lot of stuff. A whole lot of stuff. Some of it is education. Some of it is philosophy because we have to seem smarter than the next person. I mean, it's a, we got a whole lot of gods in this day and age. And so you need to ask yourself, what has been like a God in your life that have a good stronghold in your life? And guess what? You know what's the number one God of all the gods that we are dealing with today? You know what's the number one God? You. <laughs> That's the first God you got to deal with. You. Because you do what you want. Uh-huh, you. Because you do how you feel. You, yeah. Because you said, I'm good with that, but I'm not good with that, so I'll only do that. You. You are the God that you bow down to all the time because you got to have it your way. So as much as we want to say, man, if I was in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego time, man, I'm not bowing down to any statue. I'm not bowing down to any false god. I'm not bowing down to some lifeless thing. I hear you, but you're bowing down to yourself right now. You're bowing down to success right now. You're bowing down to fear right now. I can go on and on and on, but we're bowing to some things right now. It might not be a statue. It might not be a false idol, but we're bowing down to some things right now. And so the question is, would we, will we become like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? The three men They could have compromised with the king. (laughs) Like so many of us are compromising today. They could have compromised with the king and defend their disobedience for not serving our God. They could have argued and say, everybody else is doing it. Come on, church, follow me a little bit. When the king told them to bow down and they said no, they could have said, well, okay, we'll bow down because everybody else is bowing down. Just like some of us today. We're bowing down because everybody else is bowing down, whatever we're bowing down to. And so they could have said, yeah, you know, we'll bow down, old king, because you know what? Everybody is doing it. Check it out. What else they could say? Our office, because they had an office, they had a little position. Our office demand that we obey the king. We will bow our knees, but we won't bow our hearts. So many people are trying to say, I'm living for God and I'm serving him and I'm being faithful to him. But we're doing what others that serve in false God are doing. And we're saying, yeah, I may be doing some of what they're doing, but my heart is not with it. But remember, faith without works is dead. So whatever you put some effort into, I don't care if your heart is in it or not. If it's wrong and you're doing it, God is going to call you out on that. Uh They might have said, 
We can do our people more good by being officers in the king's service than by being ashes in the king's furnace. So they could have said, yeah, we're going to bow down because, you know, God has put us in this position. And so with God putting us in this position, we need to stay in this position. So guess what? It's going to be beneficial to our people if we stay in a position. And so guess what? Let's just bow so we can stay in the position because we're going to do more good in the position than if we weren't in the position, we can't do any good for our people. That would have been a great argument for compromise. They could have done all those things that we're talking about. But true faith doesn't look for loopholes. Man, you have no idea how I feel about that when it comes down to being a Christian. How so many people today are trying to be Christians, but they're looking for loopholes. There is no loopholes in, in being a Christian. Either you're going to be a Christian and do it the way God says or nothing else. But you can't do it and look for loopholes. And so all of these grandiose or smart, intelligent ideas that we can come up with as to why we're compromising, you don't understand. First of all, you're not allowing God to work his purpose in your life. So do not compromise. God don't need, I can't say it enough, God don't need any help to complete his plan in your life and in this world. You think God needs you to compromise so he can do what he has to do? Oh, come on. You might as well stop going to church and stop serving God. If you think that God needs you to compromise so he can work his plan in your life, you might as well forget and stop serving God. Because you're not serving the right God. He does not need you or me to compromise for his plan to work. As a matter of fact, it's the total opposite for his plan to work. We look for loopholes to try to help God, it almost seems like. True faith, do not look for loopholes. It's simply obey God and knows that he will do whatever is best. We got to know that God will do whatever is best. Even when you think it's not best or you might not like it. The bottom line is, if you trust God and obey him, he will always do for you what is best for you. Faith rests on commands and promises, not on arguments and explanations. I'll say it again. Faith rests on commands and promises not on arguments and explanations. And so we like to go around when we're not doing what God says and have some kind of explanation. We need to go deep. We need to explain some things. We, we go around trying to, trying to argue a point, and I know that I don't have to argue no point for God. I just do what he says, and guess what? The results and promises will sure enough be what he says it will be. I'm not here to 
explain anything because I don't want to do what God says or I'm afraid to do what God says. No, 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 no. I don't need to argue for God. Either I do what he says or I don't. And so when we start to get intellectual and real smart in trying to explain the word of God differently than what it's saying, I just sit back and just say, in trouble. (laughs) That's all I say. I don't have no comeback. I just say, "Mm, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. Because I'm very comfortable calling myself out because I don't want to start living on an explanation or a loophole or a lie. I don't want to live for God on some explanation or some loophole or some lie because I'm trying to defend my actions and miss out on eternity because I'm trying to explain. No, when I do wrong, I call myself out. Because I want to make sure I never nullify the word of God in my life. So if you feel like doing one thing and the word of God says something else, just call yourself out and say, something is wrong with me because I have a desire to do this thing and this thing is not right. And so something is wrong in me. And even if I go ahead and do wrong, I better realize something is wrong in me and not try to say, well, God understands. Call yourself out. It's what's best for you. Don't let yourself, don't try to make yourself feel good when you're doing wrong. Call yourself out. It's what's good. It's what's best. It's what's right for you by just calling yourself out according to the word of God. Yeah, that's not good. Whether you follow through or you don't, call yourself out. Because you will start false doctrine in your life and not even realize it. Because you just start compromising and resting on a certain way of being because you've said it for so long. Well, God understands. Well, God knows. And we said that for so long that that becomes a doctrine in our life that God knows and God understands what wrong did I do. That is only because I'm just under a lot of stress. Can you imagine The three Hebrew boys decide, well, God, you don't want me to die. So the bottom line is, I just need not to bow. I just need to go ahead and bow because you don't want me to die. That's the perfect scenario for everybody who tells you God understands. Every time someone say to you, well, God understands. I'm not doing right right now, but God understands. Every time they say that, say, tell that to Jesus because the three Hebrew boys had a better story to tell why. They could bow down and they didn't tell that story. But 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 the little lightweight stuff that we're dealing with, we're saying God understands lightweight stuff. Nobody's standing with a gun to our head saying bow. And and, and if you don't bow, we're going to shoot you. Nobody's standing doing that to us. So why should we even make these little corny excuses we make? Times of adversity are usually times of opportunity. Times of adversity are usually times of opportunity. 
We're in a little bit of adversity right now with our congregation situation because we feel strongly that we need a place and and we don't really know where we stand when it comes down to a place. That's a little bit of adversity. But I want to tell you where there is adversity, there is great opportunity. And we got to realize that God allows certain things to move and shift a little bit so he can show himself to be great among us. So we can tell the story about the goodness of Jesus so others will come to know him. So others can want to follow him and live for him. It's a story that he wants them to know about. So sometimes the little bit of challenges that we're going through in our life, understand it's so God can be glorified and we will be able to tell that story to somebody else. Why you go to church so much? Why you so strong and bullheaded about living for God? Well, if you got a lot of stories of experiences with God, then you can run it all down. <laughs> they can't refute your stories. They can't refute all the things that you have experienced and seen God do in your life. But you got to give God the opportunity to move in your life so you can begin to tell the stories of what God has done in your life. The three courageous Jews weren't concerned about themselves, nor were they afraid of the fury of the king. Their only concern was obeying the Lord Jesus and given a faithful witness to all who were watching and listening, their attitude was respectful and their words were few and carefully chosen. When we obey God, when we hold on to the word of God and obey it and we trust God, it is our testimony. It is, it is a testimony unto God. And I can't tell you enough that when you just trust God and obey him, somebody you love will begin to see the light and live for God. And God will be glorified in your life. And even somebody you might not know will come to know Jesus because you kept the promise, you kept the word, and you obeyed God. This is what this is all about. You will get saved and somebody else can get saved when you trust God and obey his word. I told you this thing is not just for us to get saved and go to heaven. That's not it. Yes, we're going to get saved and go to heaven, but that's not what it's all about. God needs us. To be a witness, a testimony, so others will have an opportunity. Don't you want to have a real neighbor in heaven? <laughs> I want me a real neighbor, you know? And so if you want a real neighbor in heaven, you need to understand that this is more than just you being saved. God wants people to see how much he loves us. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were men of faith, but not men of presumption. I like that because sometimes even preachers do this. We become men of fantasy instead of men of faith. Men of what we want instead of men of what God wants. Uh huh. These boys 
They weren't presumptuous. Oh, God's going to deliver us. We don't care. God's going to deliver us. We're good. Just open that furnace so we can get in there. God's got us. We don't always know the plan of God. And that's something that we better hold on tight to and say, you know what? I don't always know what God is going to do in a situation. And except he reveal it to me, I will not know. If he reveals it to me, all good and I'll know and I'll declare it. But if he doesn't, then I don't know. But the key is supposed to be, but I'm going to obey him no matter which way he's going. You see how it works? Oh, let me, let me share this. Let me share a little of this with you so you understand what I'm saying. Had they affirmed that God would deliver them, that would have been presumptuous. Because they didn't know that God had, because they didn't know what God's will had been for the situation. They, they, they couldn't be presumptuous and assume that God would deliver them. Instead, they stated that their God was able to deliver them, but even if he didn't, they still wouldn't fall down before the king's golden image. What a great testimony. King, I know you're the most powerful guy in this land, and I know you're the shot caller around here, King, and I know my life is in your hand because you're the one that's running this territory, King. But let me tell you something. My God is all powerful and my God is over everything. And so guess what? What you want me to do, my God don't want me to do that. And so, King, you're a great man. I respect you. I respect your position. I respect your authority. But I can't do what my God says I I shouldn't do. And my God said to not bow down before any other God, to not worship any other God. So, King, as much as I respect you and love you, I can't bow down to your image. And guess what? My God is very well able to deliver me from anything that you will do to me. But King, I'll take it a step further. He's able, but he's going to do whatever he wants to do. And so if he delivers me, I'm going to say, thank God, bless God. But if he doesn't deliver me, I'm saying the same thing. Bless God, thank God, because my God is all knowing and he's not going to deliver me, not because he can't, but because that's not his plan. That's 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 real Christians right there. Real Christian talking. If he delivers me, all the more we celebrate and whatever. Great. Awesome. But I also know the other side of that coin coin. If he doesn't deliver me, I'm still going to praise him. Because the bottom line is, I trust him in every situation, whether it makes me feel good, whether it makes me comfortable or not, whatever he decides to do, I'm all good with it. That's what they said to the king. Now, that had to startle him. I'm sure when they said to the king, our God is able to deliver us, I'm sure in the king's mind, we'll see about that. I'll show you how much you're God. You know how many people I've thrown in this fiery furnace and ain't ever came back out. So I'm going to show you how much your God is able to deliver me. And then they said, but if he doesn't, that had to rock him now. now. Now that had to rock him. So he knew he had power to put them in and destroy them. But then when they came back and followed up and said, but if he doesn't, even though he's able to, but if he doesn't, we're still not bowing down. Woo! I don't know how much that irritated the king then. Like, king, yo, either way we go with this, I'm not doing that. How many of us today as Christians in this 
21st century can say to ourselves uh, that I'm not trying to be better than anybody else. I'm not bragging that I'm this great Christian. All I'm saying is I'm not doing that. What's wrong with us? Why we think that we got to compromise when God already promised us what nobody else or this world can promise us? What's wrong? Why we got to compromise? And then even when we don't compromise, we walk so close that if somebody go, we just fall right into it. on if you really deliberately believe in your heart of heart and said it so in your heart that you're not doing that then just stay far away from it don't worry about the critics don't worry about what anybody may think if you decide in your heart i don't want to do that then stay far away from it but we want to still be close enough to it because really and truly, listen, I can't get in your mind and your heart and neither can anyone else, but you know who can? (laughs) So you can fool us, but you can't fool him. So when you know you shouldn't be doing that and you say, well, I'm not doing it, but you're close enough, you're already telling on yourself. If you know you shouldn't and you know you don't want to, you stay clear from it. But if you still want to, even though you shouldn't, what you do? I'm not doing it. And begging for somebody to just pull you over. I'm not doing it. Begging for somebody to pull you over, then you go blame it on somebody else. Well, Lord, I didn't mean to do that, you know, but, but, but they pulled me over there. Think the Lord's some dummy. Think the Lord some dummy like he don't know that your heart was already fixed on it. That's why you were so close to it and begging somebody to pull you over. I don't know why we think the Lord is some crazy guy. There is such a thing as commercial faith. You ever heard that commercial faith? (laughs) That says we will obey God. If he rewards us for doing it. You never heard of that, huh? Commercial faith. We will do what God says if we get a reward. Oh, man, there's so much commercial faith around this place. Not in this church. But there's so much commercial faith all around this place. Because that's how how a whole lot of people are living as Christians. On commercial faith. If there's no reward, oh, I'm not doing that. And so, oh my goodness. So here is how a lot of mindset of Christians are. All of that is not necessary. That's commercial faith, Sister uh, Scarlett. Commercial faith. Because what they're really saying is, that's not going to give me a reward if I do that. That's what they're saying. If if I do that, I am not getting a reward. So that's not necessary. They just got busted tonight. That's what they're really saying when they compromise and don't do what they're supposed to do. What they're really saying, Mama Allen, is guess what? 
Ah, I'm not getting no reward for looking like that, for dressing like that, for carrying myself like What reward am I getting for that? So I might as well just look any how I want. I just want the reward of going to heaven. And that's how they think. And they don't realize every single thing adds up to heaven. It's not just one thing. It's every single thing that God says it is what adds up to heaven. Why we got to do all of that? What, what, you know, I don't like going to these churches that have all these stipulations on you. Commercial faith. Commercial faith. Because they can't see what the immediate reward is for doing those things. So now they complain about it. Commercial faith. Oh, man, that's something drive me crazy because all we want we we for all that god has done for us we're getting ready to go into holy week and for all that god has done for us all we can ever think about is the immediate reward that he needs to give us for us to do something that's all we think about the immediate reward we are just terrible no immediate reward i don't need to do that just show me the big stuff. You know what they mean by that? Just show me the stuff that get me reward right now. That's what the big stuff are. So, so guess what? That's why everybody believe in prayer. Because in our mind, we're trained to think if I pray, something will happen right now. So no matter what denomination you go to, you talk about prayer. Yeah, let's pray. Because everybody wants something right now. They want it right now. Nobody is thinking, if he never went to Calvary, I wouldn't even be where I am today. So I need to just stop right here and say, if he never do another thing, I am just grateful to, for him to do all that he has done. Because without him doing what he has done, I couldn't even be right here. Right here. And so they skip right here and looking down the road for something immediate. God help us. God help us. I don't want no commercial faith, church. We don't need to have commercial faith. Stop looking on God and just looking at him for what he can do immediately for a reward. Don't do that to him. Don't do that to him. He loves you too much. He has done too much for you already. He has so much more in store for us to be judging him on every single move. Every single move, we're judging God. What, what you got for me now, God? What you got for me? Every move. What you got for me now, God? He has given his life already. He has given you his spirit already. He allowed you to be baptized in his name. He's providing for you. You don't know how many accidents that could have killed you he kept you from. You don't know how many times uh, you could have came under attack and be destroyed. You don't know if you could have died in your sleep before you were saved. You don't know none of this, but you're still worrying about. You had that immediate reward for me? I don't know if I can do all of that. I don't see all of that because that ain't necessary. Why? Because you don't see no direct Reward? That's why it's not necessary? Help us, Holy Ghost. Help us, Holy Ghost. Oh, oh God, help us. 
Change our heart, Lord. Why don't we just talk to God and ask him, change our heart, Lord. Change our heart, Lord, and change our mind. Change us from seeing things uh, with this evil, corrupt flesh. Oh, God, I want to see things uh, according to the Spirit uh, and begin to obey it according to the Spirit. Because this flesh, Lord, it distorts what we see. It corrupts what we see. Help us, oh, God, to see things by the Spirit and to do what you want us to do. We got to stand strong, church. We got to stand strong. We got to stand strong in this hour, in this time, the age that we're living in. We got to stand strong. I got a call tonight from my good friend in Oregon. We was on the phone for a long time. And we just chatting it up, but he called me because he's dealing with the climate that a lot of people are dealing with that I refuse to get entangled with and just keep on preaching the word of God. And I feel so challenged. But, you know, the good news is God has given me a certain kind of boldness in certain things to handle a certain way. And we must have chatted up for about 45 minutes or something like that. And he just called me because he wanted to ask my opinion on just how we deal with some of the things in our climate today. And I don't have, all I know is the word of God. And I will not cease to continue to teach, to declare To just talk about the word of God is our answer. It's not popular, what I talk about most of the times. Because what I told him is, I said, see, there's a lot of us, because of our experiences, our emotions connect us in a certain kind of way. And we can, our emotion gets so much of the best of us that it overrides truth. I said, Steve, be careful. Don't run them off. Don't scare them away. Uh, A lot of times we just have to understand that their position of conversation is all about their experiences, all about where they've been, all about where they are, all about what they've gone through. And it doesn't matter what the truth is. They need somebody to respond to their emotion, not the truth. So sometimes you have to be really uh, 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 you know, just in tune with God to really just say, brother, I love you. Sister, I love you. And never make a comment. Because the bottom line is they want you to comment on their emotion and their emotion can be wrong. So you just let them know, I love you. I was reading a book last night, just skimming through it. And it was one of Brother Tinney's book. And he was talking about um, having a discussion with another pastor and the pastor, you know, preach about certain things because the word of God, that God doesn't like this God. And he preached that and he preached that and he preached that. And it just so happened that one day that thing that he preached about a lot, that God word says it happened in his family. And he went to Brother Tinney and he said, Brother Tinney, you understand, right? Because, you know, this happened and this happened. You understand, right, Brother Tinney? And Brother Tinney said, I certainly do. 
He said, I really do, and I feel your pain, and I'm here for you, brother. And he put his arms around him and says, but that's me. I'm human. You got to ask God, what does he think about that? You, you see how that works? You love them and you let them know, I understand your plight. I understand your challenges. I understand your hurt and your pain. But you still got to go to God with it because he doesn't deal in understanding. He deals in obedience or disobedience. And so while I understand the hurt and the frustration and all of the stuff that I know people have gone through and are going through, I still can't move away from the word of God. I got to stand with Jesus. This is all I can do. So as much as I'll put my arm around you and let you know how much I understand and, and, and just let you know that I support you and I'm for you. If how you feel through your emotion goes against the word of God, I got to tell you. But that, my brother or sister, because I love you, you need to go to God about that. I love you. I sympathize with you. I feel for you. And if you need me, I'm here for you. But you're talking about a decision. You got to go to God with that. We can't bow down to anything but God. I don't care how much we understand. I don't care how much it makes sense. But the bottom line is, if it's out of the word of God, if it's not according to the word of God. But 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 I am not saying anything other than this. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what all of this always come back to. So if I'm loving my neighbor as myself, I'm going to comfort them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to be there for them. If they need money and I can give it to them, I'm going to give it to them. Whatever they need, I'm going to be there. But at the end of the day, guess what? I got to point them to Jesus. And that can never change, church. That can never change. And if people stop speaking to you for that, nothing you can do about it, but still leave the olive branch out there. Let them know how much you love them. But if they stop speaking to you because you're not doing what they want you to do, leave the olive branch out there. Let them know you love them. But you can't go against the word of God. That's like bowing down to a God. I know it's not a statue or an idol, but when you don't obey the word of God and you do things to appease people and do things that go against the word of God, you're bowing down to an idol. Commercial faith. Uh huh. We will obey God if he rewards us for doing it. Again, it's the devil's philosophy of worship. Remember what the devil said to Jesus. This is why you got to be sharp and understand the word of God. What did the devil say? If you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all these kingdoms of the world. So, 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 so don't you side with someone because that's going to make you get in their good grace. Mm -hmm. I am not siding with anyone just to get in their good graces. You're going to know I love you. But when you decide you want to go and in a direction that's opposite of God, I can't go with you. If that's going to make you say, well, I'm done with you. I'm going to say, come on, brother. Don't don't be like that. You know I love you, but I'm not going to follow you if you're going against the word of God. 
No commercial fade over here. I have heard people make promises to God so they can persuade him to heal them or change their circumstances. But this isn't believing in God. It's bargaining with God. We go to God with bargain all the time. Who do we think we are? Bargaining with God, the all-knowing, all-powerful God. True faith declares the word of the Lord and obey him and, and obey him regardless of your circumstance or consequence. From the very beginning of their time in Babylon, Daniel and his three friends determined that they would be different. Different. They determined they would be different. And the Lord enabled them to maintain that determination to be different. When are we going to wake up and say, I am supposed to be different from everyone around me. The reason why I, I, I chose this, this, these scriptures in Daniel to talk about transforming our community is because Daniel and the three Hebrew boys was in a, 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 a city, Babylon, where what they believed and was living was contrary, was different, was in opposition to what they were supposed to be. So they had to influence their community and surroundings because everything that was going on in that surrounding, in that community was totally different from what they're supposed to be, from what they decided they were going to be. And so if you want to really understand how you're supposed to be as a Christian in this world where everybody is doing what they want and you feel pulled and pushed and drawn to do what everybody else is doing, go back and read these messages, these texts in the book of Daniel and you'll see it is not easy, but it can be done. It is not easy to live in a world that's just opposite from what God wants for you, but it can be done. This story of these three Hebrew boys went on to describe how they were cast into the fiery furnace only to come out alive without their hair singed, without their clothing uh, change and with no smell of smoke on them. We know the fire was so hot that those who threw these men into the fire were slain. Although only three men were cast into the furnace, Nebuchadnezzar saw four men loose walking in the midst of the fire with no harm. This was the fiery trial as children of faith, as Christians, we will all have our fiery trial as children of God. Church, there's not one of us that will be named Christian that will not have a fiery trial. We're going to have to make decisions as we walk with God. To not bow down to false gods, to not bow down to circumstances, to not bow down to situations, because the bottom line is we cannot worship and serve any other God but the one true and living God, and his name is Jesus. Uh-huh. This is why in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 12, the scripture says, Beloved, 
think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. <laughs> but rejoice in, in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. We will all have a fiery trial or two or three or four that we're going to have to deal with. And we just got to know that if we don't bow down to any other gods and we don't bow down to circumstances, but we will trust God, we will rejoice and we will experience the glory of the Lord as Jesus Christ did. For the accounts of fiery trial to be meaningful for today's believer, there first had to be bold people of faith willing to risk all to demonstrate the genuineness of their commitment to God. Are you going to be bold, church? Are you going to stand up and say, no matter what, I am going to make sure I obey the word of God. I trust the word of God. I don't bow down to anything or anyone except the almighty God, who is Jesus Christ. No matter what, I am going to trust him. No matter what, I'm going to obey him. No matter what, will we make up our minds? Will we determine our heart that we will be the kind of people that will say, God, I will not bow down to any false gods. I will not bow down to any idols. I will not serve any other gods. But I will only serve the true and living God. Jesus, I will only serve you. Jesus, I will only live for you. Jesus, when I'm faced with challenges, when I'm in my fiery trial, oh God, I will bow down only to you and worship only you oh Jesus help us oh God help us tonight hear our cry Lord and strengthen us as your people Lord Nebuchadnezzar, I'm finishing here, Nebuchadnezzar realized the God of the Hebrews was the only true God. And here is what's important to me. By their actions, King Nebuchadnezzar came to know the true and living God. And what hurts my heart for me and for all of us is that when we compromise, when we give in to all of the things of this world, we deny our God. And we don't give him an opportunity to reach the people around us. That's all he's asking for us sometimes is just to be a conduit. Just just, just to be there and just be obedient so he can work through us. So somebody else can come to know him. So somebody else can receive the truth and obey the word of God and be saved. That's all he's asking for, from us sometimes. He says, I saved you. I'm taking care of you. I'm going to give you everlasting life. Will you allow me to be a conduit in your life? Will you be a conduit to me so I can show people who I am? So don't you worry and fret.
spread that when you have opposition and when you come into a place where you're trying to be forced to do something contrary, if you would just stand strong and say, because of my God, I will not do it. Guess what? I will show my glory in that kind of situation and somebody will be saved. Somebody will be delivered. Somebody will believe in me because you stood strong. Because you stood strong, somebody was able to see the power of God. Oh. Nebuchadnezzar said in Daniel 3.28, as I finish here, the scripture says, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, who had sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god, small g, except their own god, big g. Therefore, I make a decree. This is, this is Nebuchadnezzar. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver after this sword than the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. How would Nebuchadnezzar know about God if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would have just bowed down and worshiped his God? We can't live for God and be selfish. Because if we live for God and be selfish, God cannot be glorified in our life. God cannot get the glory in our life because, because what he needs to do is show people who he is. But the only way he can do that is when there is an opposite of belief. There, remember Elijah when on Mount Carmel. He just wants us to trust him in the difficult situations and in the difficult times because guess what? Man will look and say, can't nobody get out of this? Can't nobody fix this? Can't nobody make this right? Can't nobody do this? And that's what God is waiting for, for that time to get to that place where man will say, well, nobody could do that. Well, nobody can cause that. And that's when God will say, Nobody except for me. Nobody except for me. And that's what God is looking for from his children. Will you stand? Standing strong is what we got to do in this hour. We got to stand strong. We can't compromise. We got to trust God in all that we're doing because God wants to show the world and show even us what he's capable of the hebrew boy says i know my god is able so god is able the question is whether he will do it or not that's a different story because whether he wants to share his plan with us or not it's up to him whether he wants to share his plan with us or not it's up to him sometimes he will sometimes he won't but make no mistake about it, if he doesn't do what we think he should do, it doesn't mean that that's not his plan. And it doesn't mean you walk away with, with, you know, mad and angry. He's got a plan. God's got a plan. And all we got to do is trust his plan. Even, listen, I'm already with you that we all come to the point of our flesh being disappointed, our flesh being frustrated, our flesh being, you know, 
place of why, God, I I am there with you already. So we're going to get to that place. What I'm asking you and what I know the Lord wants from you is to say, but I'm not bowing down to that situation. No matter how much I feel, no matter how much I am discouraged, no matter how much I'm disappointed, no matter how much I'm hurting, I'm still not bowing down. No matter how much I wanted God to show up and do a miracle, I'm still not bowing. That's how you got to look at it. No matter how much it hurts, I'm still not bowing. It doesn't matter. He knows. He knows. He knows. How about we worship him and lift our hands and just worship him? Oh, God of heaven, my God, my king. Oh, how we love you, Lord. Oh, God. Oh, God, you've drawn us tonight closer to you. You've drawn us closer to you tonight, Lord God. And, Lord, we're thankful that you've drawn us close to you tonight, Lord God. We're thankful, Lord God, that you are making us aware of what we're supposed to do in the situations that we will encounter. You have drawn us closer to you tonight. You have moved us, Lord God, by your spirit, Lord. And, oh God, our faith has increased. And I thank you tonight, oh great God, for what you have done. And I pray and ask, Lord, that you will finish in us and work through us what you have started. For we want your will to be done. We want your kingdom come. Oh God, help us and strengthen us that we will stand strong. That we will stand strong. No matter what, no matter what's going on, that we will stand strong. I pray tonight, God, that you will continue to inhabit us. You will continue to consume us. And you will continue to move us. That Lord, your will be done in our lives, oh great God. I pray that you renew our strength in you and that the Spirit of the Lord will consume us in a powerful way, in a miraculous way. Oh God, have your way tonight, Lord God. Lead us in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Anchor us in you, Lord God, that we will be unshaken, that we will be unmovable. In the name of Jesus, have your way in our life, Lord God. Have your way in our life, Almighty God. We do our strength in you, Lord God. Will you baptize us with your spirit, oh God? Have your way tonight, Lord. 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 I give you honor, Lord. I give you honor, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Jesus, you are our strong tower. Jesus, you are our precious Savior. Jesus, you are our healer. Jesus, you are our sustainer. Jesus, you are our provider. Jesus, you are our protector. You are our defense. And oh God, we worship you and you only. Oh God, we bow down to you and you only. Oh God, we, oh God, love you and honor you and thank you and bless your name. 
for you are good, your mercy everlasting, and your truth enduring to all generations. Jesus, hallelujah, have your way. Jesus, have your way tonight, Lord God. We thank you for strength. We thank you for health. We thank you for the newness of life. We thank you, Lord God, for all your promises. For your promises are yea and amen. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be your name. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. We thank you tonight, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Lord God, it's all safety tonight. Will you let the blessings of God flow in our homes tonight? I pray that your hand be upon us. I pray, Lord God, that your will be done in us individually, collectively, in our homes, in our communities. Use us, God, to influence, to transform, to change our surroundings, our community. Use us mightily to show forth the glory and the praises and the power of God. We pray and ask you these things tonight in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, church. God bless you. Have a wonderful and amazing night. Thank you, Jesus.